Each of us has so many things competing for our time, and every day we have to make difficult choices of how we will use our time. But at the root of all our desires and efforts is the hope for a life that is full, worthwhile, and meaningful. Today, we're going to learn from the life and teachings of a former Relief Society general board member named Mary J. Wilson. She taught and demonstrated how we can cultivate a joyful and meaningful life as we choose to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, where we share the inspiring stories and teachings of women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Just as a reminder, in this season of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast, we're learning from the lives and teachings of women featured in the book At the Pulpit, which is a church publication available online and in the Gospel Library app. I'm Shailen Back, and I'm here with Carly Guyman, and we're your co-hosts. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening in today. And we're very excited to have Matt Godfrey with us. And so Carly, will you introduce our guest today? Yes. So Matt Godfrey is a general editor and the managing historian of the Joseph Smith Papers, which is a a huge project. Uh, He holds a PhD in American and public history from Washington State University and is the author and editor of several books. He's married to Carrie Huber and has four children, and he loves sports and 80s alternative music. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to talk about that on another podcast. I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're so glad to have you here with us. And in this episode, we're talking about ways we can build a meaningful life. And to guide our discussion, we're talking about a talk called Cultivating Life's Eternal Values. And this was given by Mary J. Wilson in a Relief Society General Conference in 1949. So Matt, will you just tell us about Mary J. Wilson? Sure. She's a pretty remarkable woman. I don't think she's someone who is very well known among the Latter-day Saints. Uh, She served on the Relief Society General Board for a period of uh, almost eight years, I think. But she was someone who I think was very well educated. Uh, She attended Weber College, which is now Weber State University, uh, studied music and dramatics there. She also served as a student body vice president while she was at Weber State. But you can tell from this talk that she really is quite well educated. I mean, she's quoting from Tolstoy, from... Longfellow, uh, from J.G. Holland, poets who were well-known at the time. She's talking about inventors and science. So you can tell that she's someone who had developed a lot of knowledge. Uh, She was the granddaughter of Zina D.H. Young, who was the second General Relief Society president. And she was also married to uh, David J. Wilson, who was a judge in the Ogden area. She lived in Ogden. She was born there. That's where she raised her family as well. Uh, She had five children. While she was serving on the Relief Society General Board, she was the chair of a committee that was established to try and provide better guidelines for the family home evening program in the church. So she had a very, I think, productive life. And I think you can tell from, from the talk that she gives that living a meaningful life was something that was important to her and something that she strove to do on her own. Um, what historical context should be should we be aware of, both inside the church and outside the church at the time that this talk was given? What was going on? I think the biggest thing is this is right after the end of the Second World War. Uh, so that, of course, ends in 1945. And, you know, that was a very traumatic event for the entire world. Uh, A lot of destruction, a lot of death, 
And I think it caused a lot of people to kind of just question beliefs in God, question humanity, you know, how could, how could people do this to each other, uh, those, those types of things. But then on the opposite end, you know, within the church coming out of the Second World War, you had uh, some huge humanitarian efforts that were going on uh, to help the saints in Europe. Specifically, um, Ezra Taft Benson, one of the uh, 12 apostles, was directing that effort. And you also had this going on in the United States at large, where there were these efforts to really try to help those who had been affected by the war, uh, especially in, in Europe. And so you kind of have these opposite ends of you know, this devastating destruction that causes people to question their faith, as well as these really large efforts to try to help people, to, to try, you know, the, the kind of show that humanity does still exist, they can still be charitable to each other. Um, and I think that, that that's an important thing that comes out of this as well. All right, so now that we've kind of talked a little bit about Mary's life and the context of what was happening in, in the world and in the church, let's go ahead and talk about her actual message. And what themes were you guys picking out and what stuck out to you that you think would be valuable to the listeners to know about her topic? Well, personally, I, I found this to be a very empowering talk, especially an empowering talk for women. One of the things that I didn't mention is also coming out of the Second World War, this is a time where you kind of have real focus on the nuclear family and on the different roles of husbands and wives within that, those families. And so the women's role was very much seen as being the homemakers, you know, stay at home, raise the children, take care of the home. And I think some women at the time were, were fine with that. I think for other women, that was a little confining to them. And so one of the themes that I get out of this is Mary Wilson is saying, you need to take responsibility yourself for building a meaningful and worthwhile life, that we all have agency and we all have ways that we can develop that meaningful life. And one thing that I like that she says in this is she said, we must remember that no one ever finds life worth living. It has to be made worth living. And so personally, I, I just really liked how she talks a lot about, you know, taking responsibility for your life and for making it meaningful and making it worthwhile, that things won't just be given to you, but you have to act and you have to do things. So adding a little bit to what you said, she also goes on to say, while we're building this meaningful and worthwhile life, the objective is not achieved in a day, a week, or a month. Because I think some people might be a little overwhelmed by that concept, especially when they might have physical limitations or mental illnesses that they're dealing with and they don't find their life meaningful. I think it's important to know that this is something that you can work toward and work on your whole life and it can just become more meaningful and more joyful as we develop this pattern. Yeah, no, I think that's a great thought, Shailen. It is an effort that is a, a lifelong. It's not something that, that happens in, like she says, a day or a week or a month. She kind of sets out this pattern. And of course, this is a gospel message. So it's based on principles of the gospel. She, she teaches that we can build a meaningful life as we prioritize seeking the kingdom of God instead of seeking for worldly riches. And so she teaches about faith and prayer and these other principles. And she begins by talking about how a sincere and abiding faith is necessary to overcome discouragement that we face in life and, again, to, to create meaning and, and value in our lives. 
And she speaks about a very simple example in her own life of her mother, who at a time when her father was away, kind of drew upon the power of her own faith to pray over an ill younger brother. And that that very evening, the, the brother was you know, healed or made better and was playing again with the children. And she speaks of the power that a woman of faith can bring to a home and that a home with a woman of faith is blessed. And as I was reading that, I thought that includes a home with roommates, that includes a home, you know, with or without a spouse, you know, with or without children. A home where a woman of faith resides is a blessed home. It's a home where the power of God can be. And we've talked, I think, a lot about that now in in these times, and I think even back then, that women have access to that priesthood power when they draw upon their faith and when they keep their covenants. And I think that's a very relevant message for us today. Yeah, I was really drawn to that story, that personal example that she gave, because it was something that in my life growing up, we had a, a similar thing happen. When I was born, my mom had some complications from the pregnancy and, and from the, the birth. Uh, she had some internal bleeding, and there was a time when they didn't think that she was going to survive. So, of course, I don't remember this experience, but it's been told to me over the years that as she was in the hospital, my father came home from the hospital, and he gathered you know, my brothers and my sister around, and he said, let's pray for your mother. And so he began offering the prayer, and he kind of broke down in the middle of it and began crying. And my youngest brother at the time, uh, the one who's just older than me, not really kind of understanding what was going on, just said, you know, why is dad crying? Um, And one of my other brothers said to him, because mom's going to die. Sorry, I don't mean to get emotional. (laughs) And so the he said that prayer and my dad has told me that after that he got up and tried to sleep that night couldn't sleep uh, got up and looked out the window and um, as the dawn was breaking he heard some birds chirping outside and he said he knew right then that my mother was going to be okay that she was going to survive this and be healed from from what was going on and that did happen it was kind of a long journey for her. it took a, a, a couple of months to uh, fully recover from this But that just kind of struck me when she's talking about her mother gathering her family around and praying for her little brother that, as you said, you know, these moments where you have faithful parents, a faithful mother, a faithful father that pray, it really does influence you. And even though I wasn't there, I was still in the hospital uh, as a newborn baby, but just hearing this story over the years has helped me to know that when I'm in need, I can pray and have faith and the Lord will, will answer my prayer. It may not be an immediate healing or anything like that, but he'll be there for me. And that's one of the themes that really stuck out for me. She kept using the term implicit faith just over and over and just how prayer is such um, an important element in building faith and how those two go together. And I just love that she said she was blessed with parents that had this implicit faith, as it sounds like you were as well. And she just said, that none of them, as her mother was praying, none of them had a doubt that their brother would be healed. They just didn't even think about that. And so for me, I just think, how can I have that type of implicit faith and be an example to not only my kids, but everyone around me? So are there any other examples that you think of when you, either in the scriptures or or in your life, uh, when you hear the term implicit faith, what do you think of? Well, one that she gives in there. from the scriptures, from the Book of Mormon, is just Nephi, you know, and he's commanded to build a ship. Um, and his brothers are laughing at him and saying, what are you talking about? You 
you don't know how to build a ship. You can't do that. But Nephi just goes forward. And there's so many examples, uh, I think, in First Nephi where you see Nephi being told by the Lord that he needs to do these great things that are kind of way out of his comfort zone. And yet he always just goes forward and says, you know, I will go and do what the Lord has commanded. If the Lord tells me to do it, he'll provide a way for me to do it. So when I think of implicit faith, that's one example from the scriptures that really comes out to me is just Nephi would just go forward and do what the Lord asked him to do. When I think about that story about building a ship, there's a term in the scriptures that, you know, he didn't build the ship according to his own knowledge. It was a pattern and given by the Lord. The scriptures also say that in relation to Joseph Smith receiving instructions to build the Kirtland Temple and also when the brother of Jared is building the barges to take the Jaredites. And it's not our knowledge and and our patterns that we can create, but it's these patterns that the Lord has set for us. And so with that, she says the pattern for building a meaningful life isn't necessarily something that we can do on our own. You know, we need to have this faith. We need to pray. And the other elements she touches on are interest in and love for our fellow men. And I think that's so interesting that that's part of the pattern. And you mentioned before that going into this talk, the the world was kind of in, it was overcoming some chaos that it had gone through and that people were feeling the need to to reach out and go beyond them. So why do you think that's part of the the pattern for building a meaningful life? I mean, interest in and love for our fellow men. Well, I think having love and serving others, that really is where you find the most meaning in life, I think. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Mary Wilson is talking about this in, in her talk because when she died, her obituary talks about how for the last year of her life, she was in a nursing home. And even in that last year, all she wanted to do was to serve the other people that she was around. Wow. And so I think this, this notion of service, of helping those who are in need, I think was really something that was internalized for her that she tried to exhibit in her own life because again that's really where where you find meaning i think when you're able to help somebody out help someone through a difficult time you know send a text to someone who might be having a a hard day um, or something like that for me that's when i feel the spirit most strongly um, and where you know life really has a lot of meaning So Matt, I love what you said. There's actually a part of her talk that is exactly that. We have her recording of her original talk, so let's listen to her words. One of the greatest statements in the Bible concerning the Savior is that he went around doing good. When service is mentioned, we are prone to cast about for an opportunity to serve in some big way in remote places. Our tendency is to forget the acres of diamonds lying around our own doors in the same community or on the same blocks or perhaps in our same household there are those who are discouraged and impoverished for the want of words of love and words of hope as well there are those who are spiritually sick as well as those who are mentally and and physically ill on the whole our fields of service lie within those acres about our own homes so she said that often we forget those that are closest to us who are discouraged and impoverished. And, and you mentioned, you know, texting is one way that you can provide meaningful service and receive meaningful service from those that you know. But what are some other ways that we can slow down and see the needs and wants of those around us and those that we know the very best? A thought that I've had recently is 
as I make a to-do list of things that I need to do every day, you know, small items and tasks and things, it's remembering to show love to the people that mean the most to me. I think, again, we cast our mind off into greater tasks. We want to do something big. We want to make a big difference. And I think what Mary Wilson is saying is if you want to make a big difference, make a big difference in the lives of the people who are closest to you. And as I was thinking about that, I remembered there was a really excellent forum given at BYU by Sister Sharon Eubank about a year ago in January of 2018. And Sharon Eubank is in the Relief Society General Presidency. She is a leader in LDS Charities and she kind of invited us to think of ourselves as our own humanitarian organizations. And as we see needs around us, the greatest gift that we can give to the world is ourselves, is to be a friend, to be a listening ear, to remember birthdays, I think was an example, to listen to children, to engage in peaceful dialogue. And I think that that's very powerful. Yeah, for me, you know, I I hear what Mary Wilson is saying, and it just reminds me of ministering. You know, we need to look for those people in our wards, in our neighborhoods, in our families who are in need of help and just serve them. And it doesn't have to be anything big. You know, it can be just a a kind word or, you know, remembering someone's birthday or, or something like that. But it can make a big impact on people, I think. Just having people know that someone is thinking of them, is aware of them, I think, makes makes a big difference in their lives. Definitely. I think that some people might get overwhelmed by the idea of service. And I love how she said, when we think of service, we just think of needs in some remote place and that it should just be more of a natural part of our relationships in general. And and if you're just thinking, you know, the, the kind things that you do for people, that is service every day, whoever you interact with. So she also says with the pattern of the meaningful life, sincere and abiding faith, prayer, interest in and love for our fellow men, uh, she says, having sincere devotion to our Heavenly Father's plan for the achievement of eternal life. And that phrase, sincere devotion to our Heavenly Father's plan, I mean, in my life, I personally get caught up sometimes in doing like bigger things or you know, reading my scriptures to read them, not reading them to be devoted to my Heavenly Father's plan. And that's not the effort that I want to show to him, you know, for my my devotion. And so what are some things that we can do today and now to change and to, you know, use in our lives that will benefit us? One of the things that I really like that Mary talks about is gaining knowledge and intelligence. And she's not talking just about from the scriptures, but she's also talking about gaining intelligence and knowledge from all good things around us. And she used the example of Charles Eliot, who was at Harvard and compiled the Harvard Classics, uh, this set of books where he said if someone would just read 15 minutes a day from these books, they would be well-educated. And so I think for me, it just helps me to understand more the need to pursue knowledge in whatever formats. You know, Joseph Smith had revelations where he talked about gaining knowledge out of the best books. And so it doesn't have to just be the scriptures, but just always trying to learn and always trying to improve yourself, I think, is something that I gained from this that I could probably do better myself. Along with that, the phrase that she uses is small snatches of time. And I love that because I think when I have a small snatch of time, I find myself picking up my phone and it's like, what am I, what am I doing on my phone? What could I be doing that's better? That's a more meaningful use of those 15 minutes that I have that I really could be doing something 
meaningful to build my life and, and have more purpose. And so thank you for sharing that. She says, you know, we must first awaken within us the need for growth and then we'll find the means for opportunity for development. And so it's kind of like when Alma teaches about faith, if you just have a desire to have faith. And so with this, it's just if we have a desire to become better and have a more purposeful, meaningful life, then we'll be shown the means and and have the opportunities to grow and, and to change. And so I appreciated that about the thoughts that she shared in her talk. A takeaway that I I think I've made from this talk, I recently have had the thought, is it really possible to have joy and meaning in every phase of life? Are there times of life that will just be dark and discouraging? And I love that you shared in, in Mary Wilson's obituary that it said even in her last year of life, even at a time when she was removed from her familiar home and maybe away from family and she was in this care center that she sought and found ways to serve other people. And that was the answer to this question that I had that, yes, it is possible to find joy and meaning because no matter where we are, no matter the circumstance that we are in, there are ways to look out and we don't have to travel across oceans. We don't have to create a nonprofit organization. We can help other people and that can make any time of life, even those times that are a little bit dark or discouraging or despairing, we can always choose to serve other people and that will bring us joy and, and purpose. Something else that I got out of this, I mean, this this was kind of a timely talk for me to read personally, just because, you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about how do you build a life that has meaning? And so it, it just really struck me when she talks about, you know, you have the ability to make your life meaningful. You know, you can be the one that constructs what kind of life you have through service, through exercising your faith, through prayer, through all of these things that that she talked about. And so it just kind of helped me to see that, you know, it's my responsibility to build a meaningful life for myself. No one's going to give it to me. You know, I have to take that responsibility myself. Along with your thoughts, no one's going to give it to us. But I was just thinking how involved Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ want to be in our efforts. I was just thinking kind of back when she shares that example of her mom, I was thinking about my parents and my experiences with building faith and prayer. And I just remember hiking with my dad one time and we came on top of a mountain and we were just looking around. I was really young. And... I just remember him saying, we should say a prayer. And I was like, why? Why would why would we say a prayer? And he was just saying like, so we can thank Heavenly Father for what we're seeing and what we're experiencing. And so as he prayed, I remember thinking, wow, Heavenly Father is there for us to talk to at any time about anything. And I feel like that has really set the stage for my life and in building meaning and purpose, just thinking we can talk to them and involve them in our lives. And when we do have these desires to, you know, have a meaningful life, then then they're there for us. We, we just ask and ask for their help. Yeah, that's actually something else that I really loved about this talk is I felt like it was timeless. Um, what she says in here still feels relevant today. And I feel like a lot of the points that she makes in here, you know, we've heard from our church leaders in the last couple of years you know, with President Nelson talking about prayer and about Heavenly Father wanting to reveal things to us and President Oaks who talks about good, better, best and how are we spending our lives and our time. She gives this talk in 1949, but she could have given it two months ago in in general conference and everything would have been just as fresh now as it was when she gave it. 
from your perspective as a historian, why do you think this talk by Mary Wilson was included in At the Pulpit? And you kind of just answered it for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a large reason for it because it is timeless, again, because of its empowering message uh, for women and, and for all of us. And also because, again, as I mentioned at the start, Mary Wilson's not very well known. I would venture that most Latter-day Saints don't know who she is. And so it makes you wonder, well, how many other women or men out there who we don't know about or just you know, seem to understand the gospel so well and can share so many things that can benefit us. It's very inspiring to learn from their perspectives of this person that we didn't know about before today for many of us. And we really appreciate you sharing that you feel like this could have been given in General Conference just recently and that it was something that was relevant for you. And we really hope that that's what our listeners take away from this as well. And in conclusion, we want to leave you with some reminders from Mary Wilson. She tells us, be alert to your opportunities, study, seek good companions, insist upon filling your life with eternal riches. And these are things that we can do as we choose to live the gospel of Jesus Christ that will make our lives full and meaningful and full of purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a rating or a review. And if you liked what you heard today, please share it with your friends and family. So we just want to thank our guest, Matt Godfrey, for joining us today. And thank you so much for your insights and everything that you shared. It's been a pleasure to be here. And thanks to each of you for listening to this episode of the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a rating or review. And if you liked what you heard, share with your friends and family. We would also love to hear your comments and ideas, what you would like to hear on the Latter-day Saint Women podcast. So please send your feedback to podcast at churchofjesuschrist.org. As a reminder, the talk we discussed today and many other wonderful talks by the women of the church are available in At the Pulpit. At the Pulpit is available in its entirety on the Gospel Library app and online at churchhistorianspress.org. And we invite you, our listeners, to use At the Pulpit as you study, speak, teach, and lead in the gospel. And until next time, I'm Carly Guyman. And I'm Shailen Back. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>